0: good morning sisters and brother it's a pleasure to be worshiping with you today in the presence of the lord and around his word today our focus is going to be on joy and therefore i have borrowed The words of Isaac Watts. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, as my topic. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. We are going to attempt to look at the visits of the angels and how God used them who convert the hope of prophecy into the joy of fulfillment. Today is the second Sunday of Advent. In most other churches, the focus would be on faith today, the second Sunday. But we have taken the liberty to make today focus, joy. And I've been led to look at the visit of the angel. The visit of the angels to Zachariah, to Mary, to Joseph and the shepherds. I promise you, or I confess, that this was too ambitious, a decision and so we're just going to be able in the time allowed to look at two of these five visits maybe on wednesday we could look at the other three but we're going to be looking at the visit of the angels to zachariah and the visit of the angel to mary so last week's focus was on the hope conveyed by the prophecies of the promised Messiah. Starting, of course, with the first one in Genesis chapter 3, where God, instead of discarding Eve, who was instrumental in introducing sin to the human race, he said that he's going to use her seed to defeat the seed of the serpent, which was a clear promise of deliverance, of redemption, of restoration, as well as the promise to Abraham that one of his seed, through one of his seed, the whole world will be blessed. Of course, we know that that seed was not Isaac, but the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same thing with David. David, a man after God's own heart, but a failure in that he became adulterer. He became a murderer. Yet God kept his promise to him that one of his descendants would sit on his throne and but forever and that one was not solomon or rehoboam it was jesus christ as we see in the new testament where it says that he will reign on the throne of david over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end so today we'll see that These prophecies are fulfilled. And what God did was to send his angels to prepare the chosen actors in this, the greatest drama of all times. So we're going to begin by looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. And I'm sure we're all familiar with this incident. So instead of reading it, I'm going to attempt to walk us through it. Now, I have labeled this segment scene number one, Zachariah, the idiot priest, chosen. Now, because of where he lived, where he was educated, or how much education he received or did not receive, and what he did, just an ordinary priest, not the chief priest or the high priest, the elite called him an idiot priest. And this comes out of Josephus' record of account of the history of the times in which Zechariah lived. You see, the rabbis were trained in the academy. And each person, especially a boy, was expected by a certain age to excel in the preliminary teachings and then graduate to attend the school of the rabbis. And if you did not achieve that or attain that, you would be regarded as vulgar, as ignorant, as illiterate. And so they named Zachariah and others like him the idiot priest. So, if you were the angel Gabriel that was sent on this mission to Zechariah, would you have questioned his choice? Would you have been reluctant to go? Would you have said, Lord, why have you chosen an idiot priest? Why not the high priest? Why not somebody of higher rank? somebody with who was more educated, somebody who did not live in the countryside, somebody who lived in the area in Jerusalem where the priests live, or in Jericho where the priests live. Why have you chosen this idiot priest? Similarly, Jesus, Peter, and John, were regarded as vulgar, ignorant, and illiterate just because they were from Galilee. And their accent was not that of the educated. Their pronunciation was faulty. And so when you remember when the Lord Jesus performed miracles and taught They question him, Luke chapter 20, verse two, they question him, where where did this man get authority from? How how is it that he's performing wonders and signs? They didn't expect him. Plus he was the son of a carpenter and they didn't expect a carpenter to display such wisdom because of their accent and where they lived, just like how we treat people today. The rabbis treated Zachariah, treated the Lord Jesus Christ, treated Peter, Peter and John in a similar way. But God chose Zechariah. just like how he sent Jesus to identify not with the elite, not He didn't send the angel to a queen or a princess. And we'll come to this later on. God chose the lowly. God chose the poor. God chose the idiot priest. Now, did you know that angels are God's cheerleaders? In Job 38, verse 4, we read that angels shouted for joy at the creation. Now we see angels eliciting rejoicing at Christ's birth. He's causing those chosen to experience joy. And by the same token, others shared in this joyful experience. Because by announcing the end of waiting, he is also announcing the beginning of the fulfillment of the age-old promises that the son to be born will be a joy, said the angel, and delight to you and his mother. And many will rejoice because of him. Now, waiting, it was a long way. Thousands of years, but maybe we could just think of the last 400 years. A period of turmoil, disruption, strife, dealing with foreign powers, being stripped of their dignity and privileges, attempting to restore their position by their own efforts through a father and his son, bowing to foreign powers just to get recognition. It was a long wait. But one of the things we noticed was that when the children of Israel returned from captivity in Babylon, they were cured praise God, from idolatry. Why were they cured from idolatry? You no, know, Jeremiah says in one of his pronouncements that the children of Israel, the Jews, had as many gods as the cities that they had. But yet when they returned, there was no sign, no evidence of idolatry. Why? Between Josephus and Sidlow Baxter, they think that it is because they experienced while in captivity the fulfillment of the prophecies of the prophets. The prophets told them that they were going to enter into captivity. Told them how long they were going to be in captivity. Told them how Babylon was going to be defeated. And even told them that another nation was going to replace Babylon. And that the king of that nation would order their return. And so... What they did, despite the fact that they were being oppressed in captivity, was to embrace the scriptures. So they returned to their homeland, the 50,000 of them who did, embracing the scriptures. And because of that, they tried to restore as much of what they could in the fulfillment of scriptures. But they were still waiting for scriptures to be fulfilled because the Maccabean the Maccabees did not bring about the solution that they expected and did not usher in the coming of Messiah and so they were still expecting Messiah to come and so they waited for another 400 years. And then we have in our texts Zachariah who was a priest chosen for his lifetime experience of offering incense, incense in the temple. So the fulfillment of the promises of the past was about to be fulfilled and god chose to do that through zechariah so the angel appeared to zechariah and the first thing we noticed (laughs) is that zechariah although he was leading in worship was surprised when God showed up in worship. We have met for worship today. Do we expect God to show up? Because if God doesn't show up, our worship would be in vain because there wouldn't be anyone or anything to worship. And so uh, Zechariah, I guess was typical human. Going through the mechanics of worship, but not expecting the God of worship, or to be worshiped, to show up. But then the angel announced to him why he had come. Now, remember, Zachariah was old, so was his wife. I like how gracious he was. He said, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in age. He didn't call his wife old. I commend him. We commend him for that. But he said, how can I be sure? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Just in passing, I just like to highlight the danger of cynicism. Just thinking of your own ability. And try to match it with the task ahead. And all you can think of, this is impossible. I'm an idiot priest. I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. How can I be sure? But I like Gabriel's response. Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I'm sent with this good news to you. You see, good news to be good news must appear to be good news. Unfortunately, Zechariah did not see this as good news. The danger of cynicism, because Gabriel said, because you're questioning the ability of God to do what he promised to do, you're not going to be able to speak for nine months. What a sentence. Nine months when he should be rejoicing and cheering. He would be silent, not able, in fact, some people think he was a mute. He was not able to speak nor even to hear. But in Luke 1 verse 67, the Fulfillment or the fullness Of the Holy Spirit Banish Cynicism And replacing it with Praise And prophecy We are told That the moment he Spoke What God had promised Him through the angel That his name is John Verse 64 says his mouth was open and his tongue was loose and he began to speak, praising God. And then we are told in verse 67, his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. He prophesied thus, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people so he now was not looking at the present situation as it includes god using him to become the father of john the baptist but he's now looking beyond that he says because he has come and has redeemed his people he has raised up a pawn of salvation for us. He's looking beyond the future. His immediate situation is looking towards God's ability to fulfill his promise in bringing about salvation for all. Now, if we were to go back to the question that was asked in the beginning, would you, if you were Gabriel, question the choice of Zechariah, would you have maybe even tell God that he made a mistake that he should have chosen somebody else? And maybe you would have, but I just like to share what the Apostle Paul says in first Corinthians one verse twenty seven he said that God chose the foolish to shame the wise. God chose the weak to shame the strong. From an old couple, the angel said, God would bring joy and delight to them. And many people would rejoice because of him. And so, notice, it was God who chose. It's not Zechariah, not the angel. God didn't send him on a mission and say, go out and find somebody. God sent him to the person of his choice. God chose the foolish. Just like how God has chosen you and I. We are chosen people. Chosen to become children of God, chosen to be members of the body of Christ, chosen to be his representative on earth. And if God could use Zechariah, God could use Elizabeth, don't ask me how it happened. Is God to be a miracle? Because they knew themselves. I am an old man. (laughs) My wife is well long in in, in age. And plus, she has proven to be barren. All our adult life, all our married life, we've been trying. And nothing has happened in terms of giving birth. But now, You have chosen us. And then he says. That through that choice. Joy and delight will come to you. And many people will rejoice because of him. And then. When she went to visit Elizabeth. In fact she was told. When Mary was told. That. Elizabeth was already pregnant for six months. And then we are told that when she went to visit Elizabeth, with no words spoken, Elizabeth said the baby leaped for joy. What baby? John in embryo form. John the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy and we are told Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Just as the angel said that the baby John will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. If we want to extract a lesson here from this first scene, it is that God is a specialist in using the lowly, in losing the discarded, in using the poor. And in terms of the texts, the weak, the foolish. In fact, in the same breath, The Apostle Paul says there are not many great, mighty people who are chosen. You see, God is not like us. We look for specialists. We look for people who are celebrities. We look for the elite. But God looks for the lowly. And God specializes in using the ordinary to do the extraordinary. But then let's go to scene number two. Mary, the virgin, also chosen. And we read about this in Luke chapter one, verses 26 to 38. And this is another mission that maybe you would question if you were Gabriel, wouldn't you? Because Mary is from Nazareth, a town of Galilee, she is a virgin, describing the fact that she lived in obscurity. She was not known. She was not the A student. There's a student like the deceased person whose funeral I went to yesterday who he got a scholarship to go to high school. And he got two scholarships to go to University of Technology in Jamaica. Not so with Mary. The fact that she could only offer turtle doves showed that she was also living in poverty. And then she's a woman. And she's underage. So obscurity, poverty, minority. Like the idiot priests. Looked down on as vulgar, ignorant, illiterate, ordinary, according to the elite. Yet God chose her. But the lesson here, sisters and brothers, is for us to look at what grace can do. If we look at the passage together, we will notice that the angel went as was sent. And the Bible says, tells us in the book of Hebrews that angels are nothing more than, than ministering spirits that are sent to minister to those of us who are heirs of salvation. And like angels, we should we are sent. And like Gabriel, we should be obedient and we should. Go when we are sent and do what we are sent to do. And so despite the fact that Mary was from Nazareth and as Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Like, And although they look down on people from Galilee because of their Failure to pronounce words properly because of their accent, because of their lack of education. God sent the angel to Mary. But notice it says also to a virgin. And notice also it says that she was not yet married despite the fact that to be engaged those days is as good as being married. But she was not legally married. But listen to the greetings, how the angel greeted Mary. The, he said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. This is just like what we read in the case of Manoah's the angel visit to Manoah. The Lord, Manoah is the father of Samson. The Lord is with you. You are highly favored. In other words, the angel is saying from the very outset, don't worry. You are low Station in life. It has, it'll have nothing to do with you, but your availability. But everything to do with God. Because grace says, one of my colleagues, deceased colleague, former colleague, is everything we get for nothing when we didn't deserve anything. And so God was going to use this teenager who lived in obscurity, poverty, and was experiencing at the minority stage a woman who didn't have any status those days and a child also. He was going to use them, her, to do great things. Look at what grace can do. First of all, to our question, how can this thing happen? Because one, I'm not married. Two, I'm not pregnant. I mean, I, 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 I have nothing to do with, with any man. I haven't had sexual intercourse with any man. So I don't understand. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So he's repeating it. He wants Mary to understand what grace can do. He says you will be with child. Mary. And you'll give birth to a son. And you. Will give him the name Jesus. He is going to be the Messiah that every woman since Eve has been hoping that they would become the mother of. He will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God would give him the throne of his father, David. The promise made to David is about to be fulfilled through you, Mary. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. So the promise made to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob is going to be fulfilled. His kingdom will never end. And so she asked, this is too great for me. And rightly so. She's just a a teenager, early teenager. And she's a woman. And this is the first time in the scriptures we're reading of a woman featuring in the birth of anybody important. It is usually the man who begot so-and-so, the man who begot so-and-so. But God now is lifting woman out of that low esteem, that low station that, that, that others have put her into and raise her to a position of importance. But not because of her accomplishment, but because of the grace of God. And so, in verse 35, he said, The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So don't worry. God is going to take over. And God is going to do everything possible. You are, and your ability or lack of ability is going to be overshadowed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I feel like saying, hallelujah. God, this is what grace can do. Grace will cause the Holy Spirit of God to come and take over and do, because the Holy Spirit is the executive of the Godhead. And just like in the creation, when the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep, the Bible said the spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. So Mary, you are going to have that creative reproductive experience like creation. And he said, the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. You know what? You're not the only one who is going to be experiencing this. In fact, your cousin, your relative Elizabeth is going to have a child in her old age. And so what? It, you know, all, my Elizabeth, who is known to be barren, who is so old? Yes, he said. And she who was said to be barren is in her six months. Look what grace can do. The last word from the angel was. For nothing. Is impossible. With God. And if we were not on zoom. I would ask you to repeat with me. Nothing. 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 Is impossible. With God. Nothing. Is impossible. With God. Hallelujah. And and Mary's response is a response that we should give even today because we are worshiping and God is here. And God is saying that you and I have been chosen to be his representative, to be his messenger to the world. Just like all the angels went to the shepherd and said, "For I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Her response was, I am at your service, Lord. I am your servant, Lord. I will do whatever you want me to do. Be it unto me. Servanthood and submission. Be it unto me according to your will and with that the angels mission is complete and he left her she didn't need any angel anymore because the angel is not as important is not as competent is not as effective as the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is going to be with her. And the Holy Spirit is going to use her ordinariness to do extraordinary things. I'd just like to close by saying that the real joy of Christmas comes from the willingness of ordinary people obeying God's claim on their lives. I know that most of us are women, but I'm going to run the risk of asking how pregnant are you? With the joy to the world, how pregnant are you? The Bible said the baby leaped for joy. Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit and recognized Christ. In the womb of Mary. And so we pray that as we celebrate Advent. As we celebrate Christmas. We will bring an experience joy. By obeying God's call. God's claim on our lives. And as we go forth this Christmas. This Advent season. We will be. Pregnant. With the joy to the world the words of isaac watts joy to the world the lord has come joy to the world the savior reigns joy to the world he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nation prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart preparing room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing. Father, thank you that you specialize this You delight, you delight in using the lowly, the poor, the downtrodden, the forgotten, the underprivileged, the vulgar, the ignorant, the illiterate, the ordinary to do extraordinary things. You use Zechariah and Elizabeth, old, Despise. You use Mary. Who lived in obscurity. Poverty. And experienced minority status. So too Lord. You can use us. Because it is you who makes the choice. God chose. The foolish. to shame. The wise. God chose. The weak the shame, the strong. So, Lord, thank you for choosing us. And, Lord, in response, we say like Mary, I am your servant. May it be to me according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.